What's up everyone? Welcome back to Cinema 3D. I am Justin and today I have a very special guest, my wife, Janae. Um, today we're going to be talking about the hidden gem of all streaming services that is Apple TV+. So this is definitely an impromptu, uh, like no, no script, no plan, just going in. We want to talk about all of the shows that we love and a couple that we didn't really like. Um, but I remember I had seen Defending Jacob uh, before we were married. And then once we got married, I showed you that first episode. And then you watched the entire show. Stars Chris Evans, Jaden Martell, uh, Michelle Dockery, and J.K. Simmons. Uh, the synopsis, after a shocking crime rocks a small town, an assistant district attorney finds himself torn between his sworn duty to uphold the law and his unconditional love for his son. It's one of those shows that I could watch like start to finish again and again and again because there's always something new you could find out. And I don't know, just Chris Evans' performance. I really enjoyed seeing him in something that he wasn't playing Captain America. He was a good father figure. Yeah. and it Good it fit for the role. Really delved into anger issues being a father trying to protect his son but also figure out what actually happened mm -hmm. it was very interesting to see his relationship with his wife and his son and that dynamic and then also with his co-workers that were friends but also like maybe not at the same time because they're trying to do right by the justice system but that's hurting his family and there's just all of these different things happening it was a great first show for us to watch because it got us intrigued into what apple tv plus had to offer and then that's why we're doing this episode because we've watched not all of them but we've watched a huge amount of them mm -hmm. and in, yeah most of the top shows yeah we've seen i would say like eight out of ten of the top shows yeah and they're really good after defending jacob we took a bit of a break and tagging on to that we're not strictly apple tv plus subscribers no we have netflix hulu prime HBO, Stars, Discovery, Disney Plus. Mhm. Mm is Fubo? Fubo TV. It's not really. Like, they do have some shows on there, yeah. but it's more live TV, and then mm -hmm. obviously Apple TV Plus. Mm -hmm. I think that's everything. So the main ones yeah. we don't have is Paramount Plus and Peacock, which I don't really see a need to get. I mean, yeah. if, if I really needed to or we wanted to, we could just you know snag off someone else's account for once instead of letting other people snag off ours yeah <laughs> i mean netflix i feel like was very good back in the day and had all of the top yeah. good shows i feel like there's been like a decline lately and that's why we've been branching out to other platforms and like right now apple tv i think has the highest quality shows mm -hmm. even though they're newer and less seasons like you have to wait a while for another season or episode to come out but they have i just think the best actors plots yeah everything's just a higher quality even the intros are really cool yeah like all of the intros to all of our shows we don't actually mind watching because they're really cool yeah so even that's high quality the next one we watched was a recommendation from uh, one of my friends it's called severance mm -hmm. this one was the one that really sold us on apple tv plus yep only one season right now we're still waiting on season two but this show blew our minds um, it stars Adam Scott, uh, Britt Lauer, John Turturro, which is phenomenal, and uh, Christopher Walken. It's a big mystery mm -hmm. show. Like, you have no idea why these things are happening to them. 
and they don't either like yeah. they don't know what's going on when they're at work why they can't remember certain things mm. and they get home it's a yeah they're well i mean i guess they do know because they sign on yeah it's, for I this mean, program it's the, the severance program so that you can compartmentalize your life it Which, was like a controversial thing like some people are really for and some people are really against it it's a really interesting idea because if that was something that you could do in real life i guarantee it would be like it would pop off <laughs> i think you would have to really hate one side of your life though like you'd have to hate your personal life so much you want to escape from it or hate work so much that you don't want to think about it when you go home i think that would be the one that people would buy into more because mm -hmm. like so many people come home and they have the weight of their job on them they don't have enough energy to live their personal life with their family or just on their own and it hits everyone in a different way but that's what i think the show brings to the table is that that concept in and of itself is something i've never seen presented in any form of movie or show before well it's like it's just so a little bit far-fetched to where it doesn't seem like it could happen in real life but it it probably could like we i feel like as a society we could get to that point where people yeah. were taking these drastic measures to escape have an escape from their real life or from their work life yeah I didn't read the synopsis, so I'm going to read it. Mark, the main character, leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. When a mysterious colleague appears outside of work, it begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. Directed by Ben Stiller, which blew my mind when I first saw that at the end of the first episode. Like, yeah, I forgot about that. Ben Stiller being mainly a comedic actor, and also Adam Scott being mainly a comedic mm -hmm. actor, and they teamed up and did something serious. Which it does have some, I don't know the word, but some funniness to it. Just a little bit of but like dry work humor. Yeah. <laughs> His personal life's kind of bleak. So with that, we have Defending Jacob and Severance, which we both loved. That's what set us off on this path of Apple TV+. Plus. Like anything we thought we would be interested in, we, we hopped on. I think, I'm trying to see what one we watched next. Um... I'm pretty sure it was, it was the shrink next door. Oh yeah. Well, that was the one that you got into yeah. a bit more than I did. Stars Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell, which very comedic actors. Um, they've been in a lot of stuff. So it was interesting when I saw the trailer for it, where it's like, especially since it's inspired by a true story, Paul Rudd is like a therapist and Will Ferrell's character is just, I think he's just like an entrepreneur who's trying to make his dad's company his own and be successful at it but he mm -hmm. everyone thinks he can't do that mm -hmm. so he goes through a lot of depression and mental issues that he has to deal with with paul rudd's character but there's a lot of twists and turns with paul rudd being kind of a ponzi scheme artist very interesting sometimes it could have been a drag but since i was watching by myself it was okay i thought paul rudd and will ferrell did gave great performances for what their characters were supposed to be and it was honestly kind of sad to see because i feel like a lot of people could go through that where they get I, I don't know what, what the term is. Just taken advantage like, of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By someone who really looks like they're trying to help you, but they're just trying to help themselves. I think that was part of it where it was almost too realistic to where it was just too sad to watch because he's fully trusting in this therapist and, and just spilling his guts to this guy and just gets completely walked over, yeah. taken advantage of financially in any other way. It's still a good watch definitely the least best out of the three that have been mentioned so far mm -hmm. but to have that being the least best so far and still be a good show that's three for three for apple tv after the shrink next door 
Then it started getting good. Yeah. With one minor me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the next one we watched was For All Mankind. It instantly became our new favorite show at the time. Plus, I feel like a lot of these two in the beginning are kind of slow. Like for me, I judge a show way too quickly. If I'm not into it in like the first 10 minutes, I usually turn it off. And some of these are like that, but they always get really good by the second or third episode. Yeah. The story is kind of big and the whole idea behind it is, I think what intrigued us is it's like, actually, yeah, the synopsis, exploring the possibilities that might exist if the global space race had continued and where humanity would be now. So once we figured that was, once we figured out that that was like the plot, we were also trying to figure out what was like real and what wasn't, what was changed. And then the way they interlaced real footage that actually, or real things that actually happen in in real life into the show with the fake things that they added. Mm -hmm. If you don't know history, you get very confused and you think that life happened a very different way. Yeah. Especially with the space race, because that's what it's all about. But, um, yeah, I feel like it started to alter what I actually remember from history, because it was like this combination of real and made up, but it looked so real that I remember we would just be like, is that real or fake? What actually happened? Because I can't remember. Even like them showing like old footage of like presidential speeches, and there'd be a character from the show that looked like perfectly. I don't know, CGI, whatever you call it. Like they're like blurry, the color all yeah. match. And like, that looks like they were literally there like in the 60s or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a great show with great visuals, great story, great music, great acting, great everything. That was that one. I think we've mentioned what, four now? I think the next one you're going to be excited about because it is a show called C. So it's, it's a three season show, stars... Jason Momoa, amazing mm-hmm. actor, amazing in this show. Of course. I feel like the role was just made for him. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even feel like he's acting. It's like, that's who... This is what he is in real Bob life. Baba Voss yeah. is Jason Momoa. And what an amazing name, Baba Voss. That's the thing I don't understand, where the English language has shifted to such odd names, because they speak English normally. Mm-hmm. But then they have these random names like Baba Voss and Magra. Tamakti June, like Sybil. What even is that? Paris is the only okay, normal. Okay, there's a Paris. <laughs> no Robert. I don't really know. I mean, I feel like obviously we're not going to really see any more of it, but maybe it was just something to make the show different because mm-hmm. it is a it's a post-apocalyptic show, but it it's set in like what, primitive, like primitive back Cave in the man. yeah those times. Mm-hmm. So it's like past and future at the same time yeah like you see the ruins of modern day america Mm -hmm. like you'll get glimpses of like city skylines every now and then there's covered in vines and stuff but then there's no technology it's like yeah swords and spears and Mm -hmm. bows which is cool yeah and the the main thing about the show they can't see Mm -hmm. that's why the show is called see they're blind some can some can very few but they're considered witches yeah i forgot about that and there are witch hunters who think that the people who can see which have to live their whole lives in hiding and pretend that they can't Mm -hmm. they have to 
hide or else they'll get murdered by these savage witch hunters that just come into villages and kill the yeah. sighted people so murder it, there's a lot of gore <laughs> there's a lot of fighting a lot of blood every single episode we're like that's a new way to kill somebody yeah that's an interesting <laughs> way to slaughter someone that we've never seen before like jason yeah. momoa has unlimited creativity when it comes to killing <laughs> but it has some of the some really cool stuff which i enjoyed most about the show was seeing how they function as a fully blind society in ways that they've adapted mm -hmm. to function like they have to use sounds a lot more so they have like little bells everywhere to let them know where they are they have ropes they can follow to different places in the village yeah. or i mean their sense of smell is heightened some of the people in their village have like extremely heightened hearing mm -hmm. like they're like freakishly good at hearing like miles away they can tell you how many people there are how many horses or dogs or even how they feel like she can yeah. sense fear or sense anger mm -hmm. far away so that's pretty cool and there's some that are almost completely undetectable i forget the names of the ones that are like in all white um but they it's like they're the ghost. It's like they walk around and they hear things. And I, don't, I don't remember what their role is in the society, but people can like ask them to go spy on someone and they can't hear anything. They like, they don't make a sound when they move. They just like morph around in the woods. Yeah. And you don't know where they are. It's like a ghost. I, I know they had a specific name. I just can't remember what yeah. it was, but it, it was a cool name. Um, yeah gotta watch it though yeah that the show there's so many things that i remember this this was kind of like the one that we that sparked the idea of wanting to even talk about apple tv shows yeah it was just incredible too also like uh, back to the senses and how that's all used in this show even like for example since you can't see you know what they're wearing and beauty's not visible mm -hmm. it's like they do other things like there was a wedding scene and the bride was just like head to toe wearing flowers and so the smell yeah. was what made her a beautiful bride and maybe different things on her dress that you could feel like beads or little stones or something that incorporated into their outfits mm -hmm. you can feel all, all the tactile stuff that's beauty too yeah. so it's other ways they've found beauty other than just visual yeah and that's true true love <laughs> is found in that show with some people some weird some good um like you said there is some weird stuff that happens with a few of the characters and it kind of made us uncomfortable for many reasons but yeah like there's some weird relationships going on with some people yeah. in the village and it's like a, an aunt and her nephew I'm like that yeah. shouldn't be happening <laughs> yeah it all pans out in the end i think but I don't know. It was just strange the way they, not in a bad way. Like it made sense with the story, I guess, but it was just like not something you would want to watch necessarily. Mm. Um, but adding on to the the layers of like how far the show goes to add lore to it, even just I don't know. I just always love the way they they talk about like uh, I think they're talking about cement and oh. bombs like they call cement god bone 
Um, and God flame. And God flame is fire. fire. And uh, some they they called a bomb something else. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it God? Even like books, which they have no clue what they are, just feels they can just feel it. Um, it they're like discovering these things for the very first time, and it's like, yeah. what what are these? Hmm, I don't know. And they're like flipping through a book and it's like, you should know what that is. But it's like, oh yeah, they can't see. Mm-hmm. Their braille is like knots tied on string. Yeah. So they don't have books, obviously. They don't have braille, but they have this like knot system. So that's the kind of stuff that I really like is the details of how they function and read and get around and stuff. Yeah. Like the, the knots, the the paths that they just somehow know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, through the woods or whatever um the god thunder was bombs ah yeah which that's a whole a huge part of the plot um i think in season two and three is the fact that you know there's no weapons because it's post-apocalyptic um but some people that can see are either are mostly like used to try and bring back Mm-hmm. past civilizations weaponry yeah they're allowed to read the books yeah um ah, it's just a super interesting show and it's sad that not very many people have seen it because i think it it's not honestly it doesn't have that great of rating which sucks i've seen some people who have seen it not really enjoy it that much they say it's just kind of boring and it's slow no. and uninteresting and i don't understand why um maybe these people have the attention span of a walnut but like (laughs) i don't know i just think jason momoa put his all into this because i can't imagine how physically taxing this role was because like 80 percent of the show he is on his knees walking around (laughs) he hardly walks on his feet because when you're on the ground you can like feel things and he uses Mm -hmm. his little axe to like feel around so he's literally like squatting or crawling in almost every single scene like can you imagine doing that for months on end every single day yeah he had to be so dedicated i feel like he also brought parts of his his own personality into it like in the very beginning there's this war scene and i don't know if he's like samoan or something he is okay well he's like doing one of is it called a a haka is like those hawaiian yeah yep or samoan like chanting dance things Mm -hmm. and it's like oh this role was made for him because he is like the war like war chief leader and it totally fits him because like i've seen a lot of other shows jason momoa and like he's always you know killing people and the leader and stuff but i feel like this one is the best fit for him that i've seen yeah um this and aquaman are his two best roles in my opinion um i don't know if you've seen aquaman but literally perfect casting as aquaman even though he doesn't look like the the comic aquaman that you would see somewhere if i had an actual dc poster in here but i just looked up this i didn't get a real answer but i'm pretty sure based off what i've seen they actually wore these things called blind contacts where it pretty much makes you almost fully blind so and they had blind consultants on set to help them act like blind people because he said he wanted it to be um he didn't want to be insensitive towards the people Mm -hmm. who actually are blind Mm -hmm. 
So that's just another level of, you know, um, reality that they wanted, that he wanted to achieve on the show because he was one of the main show heads mm -hmm. um, as he normally does, like his other show Frontier on Netflix that I really like. Um, has some similar vibes to this one, but I think this one's way better. But yeah, I know we talked a lot about this show. Um, There's so many other details I wish I could name. Yeah, without that's getting into spoilers. That's just super cool. Like the, the, the small details that went into making this look incredibly realistic is insane. Yeah, and the even the, the CGI looked really good mm -hmm. whenever there was like bombs or fire or just wide wide view of the of the world mm -hmm. that you know is not real because they had to create it all oh one cool thing that i really liked about baba voss is his role as a father like he will do literally anything go anywhere fight anybody and he gets like you know stabbed or, or or cut or beat up so bad but he just like keeps going like they cannot kill this guy yeah. and his kids who some well one of them is really impulsive and dumb mm -hmm. he has to rescue them like i don't even know how many times but he always pulls it off somehow and it's just cool like he will go anywhere and they're not even his biologically which you find out pretty early on i think in the first episode so it's not really even a spoiler yeah but they're not even his kids biologically but he's raised them since they were born mm-hmm it's like man i know it, guys he is like dude. it's like liam neeson but like next level like inject even more wild <laughs> yeah yeah he he's great in the show and another point to that is in season two when you find out who his brother is and it's played by dave batista a person who is equally as jacked if not more mm -hmm. than jason momoa and when they finally you know face off and interact it's incredible and like yeah. you, you really don't know who's gonna win no um no spoilers but you know we all know who really does win well, i mean when the father and you know is protecting his children that's like the driving force the adrenaline like, yeah the willpower to do whatever it takes after c i'm pretty sure right at this time we were watching c and i think we were watching another one which in all honesty is the worst one we've seen um we were watching invasion we watched the trailer and read the synopsis and it sounded cool it has sam or it said it had sam neil in it mm -hmm. this is the only show that we are going to recommend you not watch it is the biggest waste of time i don't know why we finished it you were holding out hope that yeah. it would be good yep i was intrigued because sam neil was supposed to be in this and this is I'm gonna give spoilers for this one just so I spare you guys the, the headache of watching this. He freaking dies in the first episode. Yeah. Which the episodes are like 50 minutes long. He was in it probably six minutes total. He had a scene, not even cool. He was introduced and you cut back to him towards the end of the first episode and he just disappears technically don't even know if he died he just disappears and it is the biggest like you instantly felt like oh this show or apple in this case um you know spent the money on sam neil but they could only afford him for one episode well that makes sense because he was like the biggest best character yep. a lot of potential and they killed him off and then they have these other not as well-known actors mm-hmm and 
every single episode it's all of this hype it's really dramatic you know aliens are here people are in trouble are we gonna see aliens not this episode you go to the next episode it's all this hype all this drama all these characters talking about i don't even know what yeah and then again no aliens the whole show has no aliens right i don't think we ever saw anything we did we did it was like in the very last episode is when you finally re- really see them yeah, well at the very 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 end like usually alien shows like boom aliens in the street killing everybody attacking yeah, yeah. and it's not like that yeah it's terrible yeah the synopsis uh earth is visited by an alien species that threatens humanity's existence that is like stock if i've ever seen one mm-hmm. events unfold in real time through the eyes of five ordinary people across the globe as they struggle to make sense of the chaos unraveling around them i know synopsis are not supposed to like really give you plot details mm-hmm. but that is probably one of the worst ones i've ever seen that is like let Aliens me tell you attack. people figure it out yeah like <laughs> this show exists you should watch it I, why i don't know sam neil's in it uh and then he's not and then know, it's another man. character that nobody really cares about it's sad that we're trying to hype apple tv plus up which for the most part we are mm-hmm. but this show is just well the thing is too it's not in the top 10 most popular apple tv shows it's in the top no. ones like there's like when you scroll through there's like 20 or so yeah. that they recommend you it's not in the top it's like 19 or 18 yeah. or something and at that time we were just trying to find something to watch while we weren't yeah. watching C. we like alien stuff yeah a lot of shows jump around this one jumps around a lot too but like like it says five ordinary people they are the most ordinary <laughs> people you could ever watch in a show and they stay ordinary and they stay ordinary they i mean one that was the coolest was the military dude um but he was it was boring i mean the and then there was something with the kid with which the other ordinary person was like the mom and her i think her kid had a connection or something to the aliens or something like that Mm. i might could be completely wrong because i don't even remember the show you know t minus one day as jeremy johns would say but that rhymed too but um it is just probably one of the worst shows i've ever seen in my life uh i will say though the only plus about it is when the aliens show up the design of the aliens is actually kind of cool they were like floating they honestly look like giant viruses that you know like the graphics of viruses you see in the health mm-hmm. books mm-hmm. it looked like that so that was cool but you didn't barely see them yep and like you don't really know what their powers are you don't know what they're here for it's literally just they're trying to invade the earth but for what at least like other alien stuff you see like independence day they're they literally just want to take over the world because they've done that before mm-hmm. but there's actually cool characters like will smith and jeff goldblum who are trying to fight back and the president yeah. the president of the united states you don't see anyone in this show it's five ordinary people mm-hmm across the entire globe so there's no one actually interacting with each other no and the show is trying so hard to hype it up yeah and get you really really excited really really invested and then you do it's like (gasps) nothing yeah at all ever yeah it it it's just bad yep um it's got a 45 percent rating on rotten tomatoes which i think out of all the ones we've seen is the worst a lot higher than i thought it would be yeah it should be like two 
it <laughs> i'd say probably like 15 or 20 percent but then again rotten tomatoes kind of sucks anyway their ratings are just never really accurate but in this case it for the most part is accurate and the thing that sucks the most is it's getting a season two oh, i don't know yeah. how um i would love to say that we're not going to watch it but for sake of our ocd and completeness we probably will Ugh. and maybe do a follow-up video and see if season two is better than season That's one the thing is we always have so much hope that these shows can turn it around and it'll be good but just like with fear of the walking dead season oh eight season seven and eight. Oh my word they went straight down the toilet yeah such a good show man yeah probably um, had f like five-year-olds writing the script because every other word out of morgan's mouth was mo gotta go back to you gotta Dre. go back to padre mo no Dwayne. like it's just a morgan drama saga anyway we always have hope so we probably will watch invasion season two and it's going to be terrible and a waste of a it week of our life it actually come the first episode comes out in about a week or two oh great so <laughs> yeah we'll we'll definitely do something also we definitely will be talking about some zombie content coming soon um as a lot of that. as you mentioned fear the walking dead the walking dead uh another worst show we've ever watched walking dead world beyond oh um some of the spinoffs like walking dead dead city we just finished which is actually really good yeah. really fun time and some of the new ones daryl dixon the rick and michonne show mm -hmm. so we'll definitely do a walking dead theme video and some just other zombie stuff we've watched we've watched like z nation some other movies and stuff like that um because we love zombies but uh yeah invasion sucked so don't watch it and if you do i'm so sorry okay moving on uh, next one we watched, I'm pretty sure, was Blackbird. So much better than Invasion. Um, I think it was six episodes. Let me look it up yeah, really if quick. If you like serial killer type shows, this is the one for you. Stars Taryn Egerton, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, Ray Liotta, rest in peace. Jimmy Keen, who's played by Taryn Egerton, begins, begins a 10-year prison sentence. He gets an incredible offer. If he can elicit a confession from suspected killer Larry Hall, he will be freed. Completing this mission becomes the challenge of a lifetime. And the challenge of a lifetime it is because Larry Hall is a creepy dude. I um, peeked in the womb. Yeah, we always repeat that line. I peeked in the womb. <laughs> He's got this baby face where you really don't know. Is this guy, you know, psycho or is he just strongly charged? Mm -hmm. You find out kind of pretty soon. It's very similar to Defending Jacob with a lot of court justice theme going into it. It does a great job at throwing you off in certain scenes and you're honestly forced to side with a dude who's probably not the greatest dude, which is Jim James Keen. But there's a worse dude out there because he's a rapist, like yeah. um, a creepy, creepy one at mm. that. And well, there's driving around in a white van creepy. Yeah, like the stereotypical don't walk up to the white van and grab yep. candy uh, 
So James Keen, Taron Egerton's character, he he's in order to lose time on his sentence, he has to befriend Larry Hall and figure out if he actually did it or not. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens over the course of six episodes. It's a limited series, so only one season. We were hooked. Um, yeah. I like, like shows like that. Yeah. I, mean, I was into like Bates Motel type of stuff. It's either he is a totally normal dude who's not being understood or he is a serial killer rapist psycho that needs to be locked up in jail it's like it could go either way it's it's like a big swing either way (laughs) the performances were really good Uh, you bought into both of their personas Mm -hmm. uh well because is it larry is the creepy guy larry's the creepy larry he talks like in this high-pitched voice like i i did i definitely don't remember doing that and it's like a slow southern voice where you're like, like a drawl. this this guy it has to be innocent he's too like docile yeah and soft-spoken to just be out there snatching people you know what i'm saying yeah and then i mean interesting trying to stay away from spoilers but like he there there are some scenes where you do feel that that way you just described but then at the same time it leaves a sense of uneasiness like mm-hmm. there's the like, one the, there's one scene where he's he's talking there jimmy and larry are trying to jimmy's trying to figure out if larry did it and he asks him some some pointed question like so what do you think about like little girls or something like that and larry initially is like what <laughs> what do you like what are you talking about kind of thing and then all of a sudden he just goes into like this whole like you know i told her not to do this and she did it so i had to do this and it's like whoa he just like completely did a 180 but at the same time by the end of that conversation jimmy's left like i still don't know if he did this or not and his whole sentence is on the line so like there's so many stakes in this short show for both of them um and his and jimmy's dad because i think his dad if i remember correctly was an ex-cop i think um but yeah i this one was really good um we watched this one pretty quick because it had already been out and the whole show was pretty much done so yeah if there's a show with a full season out it takes us less than a week yeah you watch like two episodes every single night (laughs) yeah nowadays i mean we just finished dead city as we mentioned earlier but we have like i think three or four apple tv shows that we're watching right now so every week we have apple tv content you know flooding us a good day for us yeah so that's blackbird um great show recommend it for sure um the next one we watched i think we started ted lasso around this time I really wanted to talk about this one last, but I think let's just get it out the way now. Okay. You're you're kind of hooked instantly. There's there were so many moments. It's three seasons and it's done. Mm-hmm. But from the get go, I mean, I typically don't really like comedic shows that much. Me either. Okay, so we both don't typically buy into comedic shows. This one is so funny, mm-hmm. heartfelt. Mm-hmm. It's got drama. It's got the fun. It's got joy. I mean, it, it's just kind of like that overall show that has everything you could want in a show from start to finish. 
you immediately love a lot of these characters. It's not just Ted Lasso. It's not just Coach Beard. It's not Roy Kent. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of characters that you kind of feel for throughout the show, mm-hmm. which is a testament to how good the writing is and how great the storytelling is in the show and the acting. Yeah. I mean, Jason Sudeikis, which is Ted Lasso himself, him and the guy who plays Coach Beard, Brendan Hunt, they were both writers on the show. Mm-hmm. So they had a huge part in telling the story. Hannah Waddingham, which who plays Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Goldstein, legend. Roy Kent. Roy Kent, my favorite. Uh, Juno Tempo, Temple as Keeley. Phil Dunster as Jamie Tot. And Tot. Nick Muhammad as Nathan Shelley. Um, those are just like six or seven of the characters, but you mm-hmm. know like 15 of them mm-hmm. by the end of season three. There's so many great moments throughout this show mm-hmm. um, it's just like how sincere a lot of the characters are yeah with like i feel like a lot of the characters just like wear their heart on their sleeve and yeah. so it's like you, you just kind of like go oh yeah like oh that's so sweet or that's so heartfelt like the team are they like come to get in the beginning they're not as close-knit but more and more they become like really close to each other and it's because of ted lasso like his coaching style mm-hmm. is not just they're not just players but he says like he wants them to be the best versions of themselves yeah. and then they become like bffs and they really care about each other and yeah, I know. it's it's just really sweet and heartfelt there was a there was quite a few episodes where i teared up and you probably laugh at me but i did tear up at quite a few of them because i don't know it hit me like yeah it's just how it literally is labeled as a comedy drama and this is the one where i wanted to cry Mm -hmm. i think i wanted to cry in for all mankind at one sequence at the end of season two i don't know if you remember but it was with uh the husband and wife who were going through marital problems Mm -hmm. but ted lasso had me wanting to cry the most especially at the end of season three yeah i feel like i teared up maybe once or twice and it's so good like mm-hmm. well it's just so funny too like I, well i also love like british accents so that's like yeah. one of the things i was like you hear a lot of different british accents like jamie Hart is Jamie. just like extremely british i don't even know like when he says keely like keela 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 jamie talk it's just <laughs> their accents too i find as an american are really interesting to listen to so I, I like that aspect of it and then you have ted lasso who is like uber uber american southern draw yeah. doesn't even know any of the soccer terms or british terms yeah. and it's i just think it's hilarious yeah and then you have rory kent who is this extremely explicit. angry explicit i mean he says the f word like every other word and it's hilarious which, if that's not your thing then you know, you're not gonna like this but <laughs> if you just get over how many f-bombs this guy throws yeah like underneath this like hard spiky shell is like a really sweet like teddy bear of a guy yeah and he hates when that's exposed but then he kind of starts to accept that's how he is and then i don't know yeah i would i would highly suggest this one and it's uh, like rated isn't it the number one show on apple tv yeah At least uh, it's not three. it's not now just because there's new shows that they're trying to promote mm-hmm. but it was overall for a while. like if, if we're looking at all of their all of them this is the highest rated show mm-hmm. and it's won the most awards um, mm-hmm. whether it's writing or acting or just anything honestly mm-hmm. but they knocked it out of the park um yeah really excited for any spin-offs but 
we always have these three seasons to go back to and it's and it's really rewatchable we tried to show one of your family members recently and i think they enjoyed it yeah um but it's fun so yeah uh ted lasso let's see uh i just gotta make sure i'm catching my bearings right okay i think this one was a little bit out of order um we haven't finished season two yet just because this show was more of a let's watch it just in our downtime kind of thing prehistoric planet <laughs> no one's on there <laughs> yeah it's a show um oh but i can talk about this one yeah it so we haven't finished season two but season one it's it's five episodes per season and we haven't even finished the second one though no i think we have we watched the first one and it's not because it's bad Mm-mm. it's just there's it's more like a national geographic thing where it's like you know it, it's more like a background show mm-hmm. um it's got what's the name david attenborough the best narrator of all time the legend david attenborough welcome back to the prehistoric planet exactly <laughs> pretty good but he's great uh the music is actually really well done mm-hmm. the visuals are stunning um, it's insane that's what really I is mean, phenomenal it's just like you're watching it live when we first started the first episode of season one i didn't really know how they accomplished this and then i found out that it's like 90 to 95 percent cgi like even some of the locations to make it look like how it would have looked in their timeline of dinosaurs and stuff mm-hmm. most of it's cgi or vfx okay and the fact that it looks so real mm-hmm. it's mind-boggling yeah and the thing that i really liked is i've seen a lot of all of those national geographic or whatever like dinosaur stuff like i really liked the, all the dinosaur shows and they show like i guess they're all i mean they got to be all real you've never seen anything like these dinosaurs like yeah they're similar to what you've seen like they have like similar like t-rex and like the ones with the really long necks and whatever Mm -hmm. but they're even cooler yeah it's and it's just super cool there's like all these new dinosaurs or like some of these dinosaurs where they have like fur and you're just like i didn't think like yeah, a like raptor the velociraptors yeah. they look the, the, that's how they actually look because yeah. jurassic park they look cool but it's not accurate yeah these ones have fur right yeah they have fur they're more colorful and they have wings yeah and, and they uh, look smaller too they're a little bit smaller I def- jurassic park's still great but they they definitely fantasize the look of some of the dinosaurs but this mm-hmm. one keeps it accurate as much as they can to how they think how scientists think or whatever you call it uh dinosaur people dinosaur people uh would think that you know they would look um another cool thing that i just realized why the music is so great is because it's on zimmer of course um, the goat the goat as the goat. david many, and hans david and hans zimmer that's just a recipe for success right there mm-hmm. um but yeah so we had a really good time um watching this it's not like there's no story i mean there is i guess um they're fo- mm-hmm. they try to follow like they always follow some sort of a baby dinosaur oh, which kills that's us the that's the thing that's heart-wrenching is about these nature shows babies sometimes they don't make it and yeah. it's like why can't they just have a happy go lucky story where all of the little creatures survive but that's nature that's just how it is that's how they keep us attached to it because we feel for the little babies i know 
especially since we have one of our own. Yeah. <laughs> but and we somehow find little characters in all of these shows that I'm like, that looks like Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> especially Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I almost couldn't watch that show because I was so fearful of Baby Yoda. Yeah. And what would happen to him? Because his eyes just look like my child. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> but uh, all in all, Prehistoric Planet, I know season two is is good even though we haven't finished it but it's just a good time something that you could definitely have on in the background yeah it's just a fun thing to watch it's more visually stunning than it is story driven but unique dinosaurs the next one we we took a little bit of a break i remember um because we were watching some other shows on our many other streaming platforms that we mm -hmm. currently have um we watched one called the last thing he told me which it's not that it's bad it's just uh, it, it's nowhere near as bad as Invasion. It's just the least best out of anything that we've seen from Apple TV besides Invasion because it was kind of short. It's like Taken. Yeah. It, but with it, a mom it, and yeah. a stepdaughter. It's got, uh, what, Jennifer Garner? Yeah, which I, I, I really like Jennifer Garner. It's just it was, oh, it's based it was kind of a predictable, too. well, maybe, maybe not predictable, but... It is for some aspects, I think. You don't know what's going on with the dad. Yeah. And if he's innocent or if he's kind of in on this, like, I don't know what you call it with this company. If he's like one of the, the dirty guys, yeah. you know, it's actually got the same rating as invasion. Well, I feel like it's definitely better than invasion. It like, is. It has a, it has a satisfactory ending. You actually get an ending that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you do. I think this one should have been a movie. Like, I think the yeah, fact that they had it as a so show, too. it they definitely had some filler episodes where you could feel like they were dragging out the scenes just to make it a show, which I don't know why they decided to do that, because if they made a movie, they probably would have paid less for Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I don't know, maybe they just wanted it to be a show and they thought it would be good. It's based off a book. It is very stereotypical. The main difference is that it's a female lead instead of the male lead like Liam Neeson is in Taken. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some cool aspects of it, but I don't think a lot of them panned out as what we thought they would. It was a show that, you know, kept us through the week. It's just one that you don't really remember that well. Yeah. Like, it was okay, but it's not... I'm not going to rewatch it. I'm not... Yeah, don't. It's... It's okay. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's okay. fine. It's fine to be fine yeah like not everything has to be amazing um some of these are this one is not the amazing one yeah i definitely have invasion at the bottom and then this one right above invasion mm -hmm. because of that fact um mm -hmm. but invasion is miles worse than this one because at least oh, this yeah. one has a story yeah and it has some drama and some thrilling and aspects to it a good actor and you know recognize and even some of the supporting actors and actresses do a good job it's just the story is kind of not that fresh as what all of the other Apple TV shows bring to the table. So, yeah. Yeah. It's um, all the time it really deserves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we got three left. These ones are definitely the most recent watches. Um, we'll go with one of our most recent loves, I will say. Mm -hmm. Uh currently has one season we're anxiously anticipating season two which one this one is called silo oh i love silo i remember after we finished season one we looked up 
as many videos on YouTube as we could about like predictions for season two. You'll have to look up that book I read when I was a kid that oh, I feel like was cop like they copied that. It's like another post-apocalyptic, which I think is our favorite genre ever. Yeah. They live underground in this big cylinder silo. It's got like 150 plus levels. It's like a massive thing, like I don't know, 10,000 people maybe. Probably, yeah. And and you think like that's the only people probably left in the world living in this underground silo. There's you have no no idea kind of what happened really. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really say. No, they don't. Other say than it. just you know people ruined Earth or whatever, and it wasn't habitable like, anymore. Pretty much all they say is like we can't go outside. Yeah, the book that you were talking about is The City of Ember. Yes, it's just like that. Which you actually watched the movie after we watched the show, right? Yeah, and it's really, really similar. Like that came out like early 2000s. Yeah. And then you told me didn't they said that they didn't copy City of Ember, but it's like, it's so similar. It's very similar. Cause it's like the people in charge have the real information of what outside really is like. Mm-hmm. But I just remember saying like, well, why would they keep everyone inside? How could they benefit of not telling people the truth? Like who would want to live underground? I don't know. But... I loved Silo. <laughs> yeah. There's so many great things about it. Just like C, post-apocalyptic, like you said, mm-hmm. you don't know what the heck is going on. You're trying to figure it out with them. They're trying to figure it out. You think you know who the main character is in the first episode, and all of a sudden it switches to a different main character played by Rebecca Ferguson, great actress. Uh, well, I, I always just like those kinds of shows i guess or movies where they have to develop a whole different way of functioning with their limited technology and it's like see how they adapt to i don't know being underground and stuff like that they don't have elevators no you have to walk all 144 floors if you want to get to the bottom or the top yeah and it's like if the sheriff who's on the top floor wants to get down to the very very bottom floor they'll like okay i'll be there tomorrow night yeah which is (laughs) they have to walk like 144 flights of stairs like they they can't have like a little pulley elevator or anything and then you you soon find out it's just all control yeah like the government wants to control every ounce of technology that's not super primitive yeah i mean they have like guns and stuff but there's there's limitations yeah there's like no email there's no cell phones they do have walkie talkies yeah it's it's like C, it's very cool to see how they have developed, even though it's underdeveloped since mm-hmm. civilization has gone to crap. Um, mm-hmm. Like the whole stair system, there's no elevators. They have computers, but it's really old dial-up screens. Mm-hmm. They have a, judici- a, ju- a judicial system mm-hmm. uh, and a police system, mm-hmm. but you know they are constantly at odds with each other um and then there's a mayor uh who's also like kind of in the mix between the police and the judicial system um it's just really cool to see because uh there's well there's like different classes too of people yeah like the people on the on the bottom levels they have different names too there's like mids the mids lower mids i don't know what they call the bottom i think they I don't know. I don't but know the people in the, the lower tiers. floors are kind of more dirty, like blue collar. They work in the, what do you call it? Like the motor or whatever, the big the engine room. Engine room. They're all dirty and stinky and sweaty. And 
um, but they're the hardest working ones and they're the ones that keep things going but they're underappreciated by the mids which are like the doc or I don't, I don't know if the middle people are like the doctors but it's like the middle class yeah middle class and and then you get up to the upper ones which is like all of the the lawyers and doctors the rich people. rich rich people so you have those it's literally just our day and age put into a show but post-apocalyptic yeah but they all kind of like don't like each other like yeah. upper people make fun of like the lower people but the lower people think they're the best and strongest and hardest working and they think the people up top are like wimps yeah because they are clean and yeah don't work with their hands <laughs> and uh and it's like you don't normally leave your class like the main character the sheriff i forget her name she's from the um she's from either middle middle or upper because her dad's a doctor but um she loved taking things apart and machines and technology whatever so she left which was a a big deal because she went from like the upper floors all the way to the very very bottom in the engine room and she's like the lead mechanic or whatever of the engine yeah juliet and that was like crazy that she would stoop so low to work in the engine room well and then she went back up to be the sheriff yeah yeah which is they everyone thought it was just the most random pick for a sheriff to be a former mechanic yeah there there's a lot of good characters in the show juliet being the main one but even common he's a rapper um he plays robert sims the main the main judicial agent who's oh, tracking yeah, down, yeah, yeah. you know i didn't know he was a rapper yeah he's a rapper he's he was in john wick too which you haven't seen yet but he he's a rapper turned actor <laughs> and this was his best performance by far I, I actually believed him as being a judicial agent and he was kind of creepy in some instances and mm-hmm. very brutal and there's yeah. there's a few twists in the show that I did not see coming, honestly, which yeah. is good. You just don't know who's good and who's bad and yeah. who, who knows things, who's in on all of it, who's hiding the information and who's just oblivious and following the rules. And mm-hmm. people are going out there trying to sniff out the truth. Yeah. I like that. She exposes everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool, too, because like some of the simple stuff like a Pez oh yeah considered a relic they have these things called relics in the show which Mm -hmm. are not allowed because it reminds it reminds but also it could show people what would happen what would have happened in the past world and they don't want people to to know anything about the past Mm -hmm. so like things like a camera or a pez or like what like a like a dvd or something anything like typical just anything from the old world and it could be anything like a mug with like a movie yeah like a like a like Magazines. a map a map or magazine they, like, they did not want anyone and they had different levels of relics like a, mm-hmm. a, a class Red a relic yeah. or a class b depending on how revealing it was of the past world mm-hmm. and that is a huge uh, plot aspect in this show is the different relics that are in it um oh and then the whole like um you can leave if you say that you want to clean you can leave the silo but you're pretty much the assumption is once you walk outside the air is poisonous and you'll die immediately and so the thing that's wild is some of these like a couple of the sheriffs like 
start questioning what's going on and then they leave until the whole time you're wondering what's real and what's fake yeah. like is the screen real did they actually die or is it fake and they actually got away and yeah. the whole thing is just a lie yeah so you don't you don't know really until the very very end no what's going on and that very very end blew our minds yep that we replayed that scene i think three times yep very and, last scene and like paused it tried to like get close to the tv and see what was actually happening mm -hmm. that's why we can't wait for season two because i mean probably haven't been this hyped for an, a second season of a show in a while mm -mm. especially both of us together um it was just like the most wild plot twist yeah you would never I, expect no it. like never thought i don't want to spoil anything no. for anyone but if you have not seen silo it's an it's very fun and interesting to watch i suggest it uh it's got rebecca Ferbus ferguson rebecca ferguson rashida jones who i'm pretty sure is in the office uh tim robbins harriet walter ian glenn common david oyelowo and chinaza uche which is paul billings the the second chair Mm -hmm. or the second whatever but yeah silo great show mm -hmm. um two left okay before we give our official apple tv plus rankings because you love to make lists i do love to make lists he has a list for everything on his phone mostly everything songs, um movies music let's like that songs <laughs> tv shows songs movies, songs is that about it food though? items candy items mm -hmm. anything you could think of your favorite anything he has a list for it yeah um okay so i have two left or we have two left one we just finished watching one we are still currently watching actually there's there's three left i haven't even put this one on the list yet there is uh let's go with the one we finished the crowded room um this show stars tom holland as the main actor and the second main actress is Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this one was really hard to watch. There's just yeah. a lot of themes and, and stuff that happens in the show that's really it's just difficult. A, it makes me want to go back and watch it again from the beginning because it's, it's the type of show where the first few episodes paints one picture and you think that that is the truth. And then you learn a little bit more and like, everything you thought you knew is wrong mm -hmm. and it just blows your mind and like i want to go back and watch it knowing what i know now about tom yeah. holland um i saw something about this show when we were first watching it that tom holland said he was going to take a year off of acting um because of a show and then it turns out the show we were watching was the show that he was talking about and we didn't really I didn't really understand it mm -mm. until we finished the show. And I was like, no, it just okay. seemed like a normal show. Yeah. About, well, I don't want to spoil it, anything because you don't really know what's going on with him. Yeah. You suspect, but you don't really know for a good majority of the show. But yeah. it just seems like a normal, like, why would he need a year off from this person? And yeah. then you're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. It gets real, really fast towards the end where he has to do a lot of hard scenes that yep. I think would mess with anyone's head. Mm -hmm. 
The synopsis is, in Manhattan, in the summer of 1979, a young man is arrested for a shocking crime, and an unlikely investigator must solve the mystery behind it before the true criminal strikes again. So, it's a very vague synopsis. There's a ton of stuff that happens in this show that you don't, you're trying to follow, but it keeps you guessing during every scene and every episode. Um, and you don't really know what what's going on until like the last episode or the second to last episode. Mm -hmm. A lot of it yeah. doesn't make sense. No. Like his trip to England. Yeah. Like what, what role his dad plays in this. Like it's kind of confusing mm -hmm. and then it all makes sense yeah. once you figure out and what's going on with tom like you said not that i am anxiously wanting to rewatch the show because it is really it's got so much heavy content that it delivers mm -hmm. um but on a rewatch it would probably make a lot more sense knowing what we know now mm -hmm. um but yeah i completely get it why he's taking a whole year off of acting with what he had to do for the show uh, there's a lot of stuff someone would probably never want to do. Just like a lot of traumatic themes, like trigger warnings probably to mm -hmm. people who have gone through certain... I don't want to say what types of trauma because I don't want to give away any spoilers because yeah. you have to experience this show for yourself. It I just mean, like blows your mind. There's the from the first episode and every single episode there's a warning at the beginning of the mm -hmm. episode that's like serious scenes flashes you know content that mm -hmm. might not be watchable by a lot of people yeah so it's it's definitely an intense show and in that aspect mm -hmm. and it does a great job at explaining itself and making you see kind of both sides of you know the, the the defendant side and also the whatever you call it, the the opposing side like mm -hmm. both sides of the argument based off of what the synopsis says um this one's probably the hardest out of all of them to not spoil because the whole show is centered around this one key thing that we don't want to talk about because that's what the show is about the crowded room and once you figure oh, out the title once you figure out what the title means it's amazing because mm -hmm. the whole time we were like up until episode six or seven we were yeah. like why is it called like the crowded room through. and it's a very clever title yeah and the the intro is is still cool but it's very long and kind of boring i guess um i don't remember it so yeah we skipped it probably the most out of all of them um but when you get to the last two episodes it makes so much sense mm -hmm. um and this one is rated the worst out of all apple tv plus shows that we've seen which i don't know why um it has a bad rating yeah it's 33 well on rotten tomatoes it's 33 percent how an invasion had 45 yeah what there's no way like who are they polling at rotten tomatoes because that's, that's what i'm saying rotten tomatoes sucks that's IMDb has Terrible. a higher rating than uh, Invasion and The Last Thing He Told Me. No, I mean, Crowded Room has Tom Holland in it. He's an amazing actor. Tom Holland, Amanda Seyfried, She's and really good too. Uh, Emmy Rossum, who's actually in uh, Phantom of the Opera. I don't know if you've seen that, but... Mm -mm. That's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's great. Um, yeah, a lot of great 
themes presented and a lot of terrifying themes presented in this show that are just real world problems mm -hmm. um, that when you're presenting them in a show or a movie probably the rating it's it's given right now is because people just didn't like the fact that they were talking about it um, which I, mean, I guess I, I understand but at the same time it's bringing awareness to issues like this that people kind of shun because they don't want to deal with, but it has to be dealt with in our real world. Um, and this deals with it very well, in my opinion. Um, it's just a lot of vague opinions we're giving right now. <laughs> I know it's hard, um, but there are problems that have to be dealt with. There's a situation that is serious. <laughs> but Tom Holland's performance in this show is, is extremely well done. Um, He's got a lot to deal with. He's just a likable guy. Yeah. Like you just feel for him like, oh, he just needs a hug. Yeah. I've seen him in his Spider-Man role mm -hmm. and I've seen him in the movie called the, I think it was called the impossible, something the impossible or something. It was like a tsunami or something like that. So these are the only two roles I've seen him in, but this one is by far his best performed because he had to do so much and go so far. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings him to the point of not wanting to act for an entire year, which is it's delayed. probably just like the last two episodes. I mean, maybe I think, I think the big thing that was really weird for us to even see was the third to last episode, which we're not going to talk about because it's a spoiler. But mm -hmm. yeah, there, there's a lot of ton, there's a ton of stuff in the show that is crazy. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I mean, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And 71% of Google users like this TV show. So it's just Rotten Tomatoes that's that sucks. That's one of our favorites, for sure. Yeah. Top ones. So that is The Crowded Room. Um, what is next? Hijack. I think this is just going to be a limited series because it feels like nonstop with Liam Neeson. Yeah, I feel like there's not a whole lot you can go from when it's going to end. Yeah. You can't. Like they're going to do season two do with again. another hijack. Like another, <laughs> like a train hijack. Yeah. And it's still very well made. Suspense, thriller, some Idris drama. Elba. Idris Elba. I mean, honestly, anything I've seen him in, he's great. Yeah. Regardless of the show or the movie sucks, he's still a great actor in it. Mm -hmm. He was on The Office, so. When flight KA-29 is hijacked during its seven-hour journey from Dubai to London, corporate negotiator Sam Nelson tries to use his professional skills to save everyone on board. Seven-hour journey. So that means each episode um, is tracking a, a complete hour of... That reminds me of that show 24. Yeah, which we never finished. <laughs> I just feel like all around, you buy into Idris Elba's character, but at the same time, you don't really know if he's good. If he's a good guy he feels like a good guy to mm -hmm. me but like some of the things he does to get the job done doesn't necessarily feel like what a typical hero in a movie or a show like this would be well, i think because he's smarter he's yeah much, which is the cool part think like the criminal mm -hmm. and he knows the safest way to get home is to help them achieve their plan to avoid chaos but also sabotage it yeah so it's like he's playing both, both roles sides. He's on their side and then he's not. But then they kind of all flips and they figure out his game. And so it's just interesting because you think he's taking the side of these hijackers, mm -hmm. but he's not. Even the bad guys, you do kind of feel for them throughout the show. They're not doing the right thing, but 
they're also not fully in control of their own situation. Yeah, well, you find out like they pretty much are doing what they have to do to survive because they're in this, they're in this gang or whatever, and mm -hmm. their lives are not their own anymore. And this, you know, the leader can do whatever he wants. He can take out any of their family members. So it's like, yeah, they're terrible people hijacking a plane and could potentially kill like 250 British citizens, but. We'll oh, see man. if they do or not. We still don't know what's going to happen. If the plane's going to crash or if they're going to land. I mean, with I Idris Elba, I feel like he could probably land a plane if he needed to. But mm -hmm. yeah. By the time this episode comes out, we will have finished the show. So yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Hijack so far has been really good. And I'm pretty sure it's going to end really well. Mm -hmm. That leads us to our last show we're going to talk about. And that is Foundation. Um, this one, I think we both like quite a bit. I would say I like it. I don't love it, but okay. I like it. Okay. So far, season one is definitely better than season two, but yeah, got to see where season two goes. It's definitely a show that has the most massive world it's bringing to the table or universe, I guess, because there's multiple worlds mm. that's presented. Um, it is the Apple TV plus Star Wars, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I love the aspect of the Empire and the rulers being three different people who are the same person. Mm -hmm. um, different ages of the same person. Yeah, and their names are just so cool. Like Dawn, Day, and Dusk. Dawn being the youngest, Day being the, the actual ruler, and mm -hmm. Dusk being the past ruler who's now older and about to die soon. The synopsis is a complex saga of humans scattered on planets throughout the galaxy, all living under the rule of the Galactic Empire. The Galactic Empire, just like Star Wars. Dr. Harry Seldon and his loyal followers attempt to preserve their culture as the galaxy collapses around them. David Escore is one of the producers and writers, which is interesting because he's produced a lot of superhero content recently, which I love. The composer is actually Bear McCreary, which I know you don't know, but... Well, I think he composed Outlander. He did? He also composed sure. The Walking Dead, Ooh. which is one of the best themes ever made. It's interesting. Um, Jared Harris is the guy who plays Harry Seldon. He's probably the most famous actor in this show. Yeah. We saw him first in Chernobyl, which was a phenomenal five episode show. We yep. like love that, that. HBO Max. Well, now Max. Max. Yeah, that um, was good. His performance in that was great. And this performance is, you know, very well done as well. Lee Pace, which is Brother Day. Uh, He's on something else that I've seen, but I didn't know that until you pointed it out to me. Lee Pace? Yeah. Oh, he's in Hobbit movies and Twilight. Yeah, he's in Twilight. Yeah. 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 Why well, did I still don't even remember which character he was, but... He plays Garrett. Oh. The second half of Breaking oh, Dawn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he just looks so different. Like in Twilight, he's like more pale, obviously, and stuff. I love his performance in the show. He just, he has that sense of like all knowing, like he's trying like to, he's he trying speaks. to be God pretty much. If yeah. a man could be God, this is what this man would be. Brother Day, cause uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's got that presence when he's on, he, when he's in a scene, he just takes control of the entire scene, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why I love his character more than Brother Dusk and Brother Dawn. Oh, yeah. Plus, they're not like the leading ones. They don't yeah. get as much attention. Except Day gets a lot of attention in one of the episodes because 
what their DNA has become. I don't even understand all of that. Their DNA of the original yeah, apparently. leader has been corrupted somehow. And so there's these tiny little differences. Like one is like left-handed and the others are right-handed and he doesn't like a certain type of drink and the others do. And and then like this it. starts getting weird. Yeah. Like Day wants to get married, which is totally unlike the other mm-hmm. before him and his robot caretaker protector who raised him from diapers becomes his like girlfriend. It's just like this weird yeah. corruptions of the perfect DNA and personality. And yeah, so you start seeing the empire starly slowly starts cracking mm-hmm. and changing and everyone's starting to gang up and attack them and yeah. try and take them down. Because like Harry Selden's character is is predicting the fall of the Empire. Mm-hmm. He's trying to prevent it. Brother Day and his, you know, the Empire doesn't believe him. So they send him out to form Foundation, um, which is part of his psychohistory, which is just a cool name in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so much so much time passes throughout this show like it's insane i mean yeah hundreds from the first episode to where we are at now it's probably like three to four hundred years i would i would guess well they have like cryo sleep yeah and it follows the same characters but they're asleep for like hundreds of years traveling Mm -hmm. to certain planets so it's like you see hundreds of you well it's i think seldom predicted it'd be like a thousand year long process of the empire falling Mm mm-hmm and then we know for sure, at least 150 years, one of the characters slept. And there's going to be another 150 when Salvor yeah. is in another scene. Something's happening to her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at least there's going to be 300 years. So it's like this wild, long gap. Yeah. Um, but there's there is a ton of stuff presented in this show that still has us kind of guessing as to where it's going to go um i think the first season was very well done with you know the introductions of the characters and the execution towards the last episode it felt like it could have ended there but i'm i'm kind of glad it is going on i just hope that it doesn't fall flat in season two. Oh, i feel like it's starting to decline in quality mm-hmm. like the whole prime radiant like harry can predict the future with somehow with math equations yeah and it's getting really into that like too technical yeah it's getting too technical where they're talking about things and you're like wait i don't even understand what's going on because like he was a real person and then he got trapped in this cube prime radiant which is like the math equation Mm -hmm. so then he's like his body is gone but his conscience is living in one place and then it's also living in another place and you're like i don't even understand this whole conscience yeah all of this kind of technical stuff where you get a little lost it gets a little fuzzy and they really lean into that and for a while and i don't quite enjoy that part of it yeah it's very like if you miss if you're not paying attention you'll miss stuff Mm -hmm. um which is why we had to rewind a couple scenes but I did it, fall asleep during the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's good, but the shows are literally an hour long. Yeah, it's very And I very can't long. hang on that long at, like, 11 o'clock, and it's talking about math. And I'm just like... Yeah. But. We we have to watch all our shows once our son goes to bed. So Yeah. We have, like, two good hours, and then we're asleep on the couch by, like, 11.30. Yeah. 
Yeah, it happens more often than we'd like to admit. But um, regardless of how season two is going, I still think season one is very well done. It actually has a high score all around, a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really high on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4 out of 5 on Vague vis Visages. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like it, um, especially season one. I hope season two lands well for us. Uh, I know we're still going to watch it. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a show that could go for three or four seasons just because but of the scale of it. It might just get worse, though. It it could get worse. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I... I mean, I, I feel like season one was really good. Really interesting. It all made sense. Yeah. Now I feel like we're starting to get lost a little bit. Yeah. I think it's because season one kind of closed that now we're like why are they continuing it and what are the, what can they do that will be better than the end of season one mm -hmm. but then again if they only had season one it's like why would you spend so much time showing the scale of this world and universe if you're just gonna have eight episodes so i don't know who knows i mean without spoilers given like there's so much to be explored with brother day and his relationships in season two Harry Seldon in season two, uh, Gale and Salvor in season two, like them getting to finally be together. And who knows if characters that were in season one that we haven't seen yet in season two are going to come back. Um, anything's up for grabs right now. So Foundation is definitely the most current show we're watching that we are kind of interested to see what will happen. Um, yeah, but it's not in my top, probably not in my top five. Okay. Now that we've talked about all of the Apple TV Plus shows we've seen, I would like us to rank our top five shows from Apple TV Plus going from five to one. And mm -hmm. we can, let's go five and five, four and four, three and three, two and two and one okay, one. Okay, that's and interesting. And then at, at the end, we'll just list all of them for okay. the sake of me posting a short. Okay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. So at number five, because it's not done yet, um, I am putting Silo at number five. At five? Yeah. Oh. I think it'll make sense to you once, okay, once I list my other. I can't wait to see what other ones you have. If that one's five. Silo is phenomenal. Okay. But there's only one season and I know it's still going on. So I hope the next season can hold up to season one. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I think it will. I, I think Silo is one that's going to keep getting better because it, it's explaining more of this mystery. Like I'm just, anyway. Um, my number five was Severance. Okay. Any particular reason why you have it at five or? Because the other four are better. Okay. That, that's why I have four. <laughs> or, <laughs> that's why I have Silo at five as of right now. Okay. Um, number four is For All Mankind. Okay. I, that's got three seasons out right now. So, um, it, I don't know. I just love the scale of that show. I love all the characters that are portrayed and just the interesting history alterations that are given to us throughout the whole three season 
Yeah, that one's not in my top five. I think it might I think be you a just, six. Yeah, you, it's because we haven't watched it in a while. Well, I mean, it's I like all of that space stuff in you know the 70s 80s whatever mm-hmm. i i really liked it but it didn't intrigue me as much as these other ones unfortunately i'm interested to see what you have it for my number four should i say yeah okay was crowded room what you what i didn't expect you to have it in your top five really yeah just because of how like hard it is to watch some well, of this stuff i mean those serious issues didn't really appear until the very very end yeah um and even then like it's hard sense. to watch but it's like it's a really good show yeah it is um makes me kind of rethink my list but <laughs> all right your number four is the crowded room okay three number three for me is severance okay um yet again like silo it only has one season but that show just blew me away and yeah. that was one of the first ones we watched and i'm so excited for season two i just can't wait for it to come out mm-hmm. well my number three was silo so we have our swapped mm-hmm. you have silo at three i have mm-hmm. it at five and i have severance at three you have it at five mm, yep pretty cool <laughs> number two i feel like our number two and one are going to be the same i think so well i think so but i wonder if they're going to be diff like swapped yeah i think it might be number two for me is C. Yeah, they are swapped. <laughs> My number two is Ted Lasso. And number one is Ted Lasso. And for number me. one is C. So But it's a really, really close second. Yeah. Like I, I could have just easily put it the other way. But right now I'm feeling like C was just a little more epic for me. It definitely is more epic. Um I put Ted Lasso at one because of the emotional tug that yes. it had on me. But C is definitely more up my alley. Mm-hmm. For up, C, I'm like, whoa. And for Ted Lasso, I'm like, aw. Yeah. So it's like, do you want the heartfelt or do you want the kind of shock and awe? Yeah. I think I think those are two perfect top two picks for both of us. Yeah. And that just means that those two shows are literally the best ones that Apple TV Plus have has yep. given us. Um, and everyone should go watch them. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to list my top five and then you'll list your top five. So my top five Apple TV Plus shows. Number five, Silo. Number four, For All Mankind. Number three, Severance. Number two, C. And number one, Ted Lasso. So you didn't have... Did you have Crowded Room? I did not have Crowded okay, Room. Okay, so your For All Mankind was my Crowded Room. Yeah. I'm surprised though. That you liked it better than Crowded Room. I'm also basing my list off of what I could rewatch more. So I have Crowded Room at eight. Ooh, what is six and seven? Seven is Blackbird and six is Defending Jacob. Defending Jacob over Tom Holland? I mean, I've watched that one twice. That has Chris Evans. It has Tom Holland. I know, but I like Chris Evans more. Tom Holland's better. Chris Evans is better. Okay. Well, my five is Severance, four, Crowded Room, three, Silo, two, Ted Lasso, and one, C. Solid picks for both of our top five, even though you hate that I didn't put the Crowded Room in my top five. Mm. A little salty is number eight. I mean, it's eight out of 14. Yeah. It... (laughs) 
honestly, it could be number six. Mm -hmm. But just based off the weight and off of rewatchability, I feel like I could rewatch Blackbird because it's only six episodes in Defending Jacob. I've clearly already watched twice in a row. I don't really think I can go back and watch Defending Jacob a whole bunch of times. Like, it was good, but like, eh. Yeah, I know. Um, but for me, it's a little bit different. I think because I was the first one I watched and I could, it's kind of like got a soft spot in my heart. <laughs> but when you first fell in love with Apple TV. Yeah. And I had a subscription to it for a while and it took me a, a little while to get into watching that first show. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I did because then it started me on the path and it started you on the path of watching Apple TV Plus. Yeah. The thing is no one in our family has Apple TV. None no. of our friends relatives no one knows about it and it's like what in the world why why don't more people know about this yeah cool and i've showed my family and friends different episodes but i just feel like me and you are on this like obsession with apple tv there's got to be others out there i'm sure there feel the way we do about these shows i'm sure there is but there's a lot of people that first of all don't like apple just because they don't like apple Mm -hmm. and second of all they think that apple can't make something good as far as show or movies and granted yes we've talked about one show that was god awful and there's been a couple movies that i've heard that were just terrible but we're not talking about the movies talking about the shows however i have seen one apple tv movie probably a couple i just watched the beanie bubble oh yeah and you watched it's not uh, too shabby the greatest beer on too is Zac Efron, right? Yep, that one was really good. So some of their movies are good. Yeah. I just don't watch movies a lot because they're long, but Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely show watchers. Yep. When we watch stuff together. Because who wants a two hour movie when you can have like a forty hour show? Very controversial, but I agree with you. <laughs> it's a uh, movie that never ends. Yeah. Uh I mean, I don't know. Shows can just captivate you more with the more time they are given, but at the same time, they could also suck way more than a movie can. <clears throat> yeah, clearly. But yeah, so all in all, um, we would definitely recommend Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. shows specifically. Um, if you have an Apple TV Plus subscription, use it. Why do you have it if you're not using it? Um, if you have an Apple device, you should have three or six months free. Um, click that code to get it. <laughs> I'm, we are not sponsored by Apple at all. No, but we should. What? We should be sponsored because oh. we've told everybody in our lives, do you have Apple TV? Because there's like yeah. 10 really good shows. Yeah. And I've bought way too many Apple products in the past five years that I should be sponsored for. But anyway, like I said, if you have a subscription, go watch it. Um, if you don't have a subscription, I would recommend just signing up for the free trial. But it's like $6. Um, it, it's the cheapest it's the subscription cheapest that you could ever shows. get. And mm-hmm. being that it is an Apple-based uh, subscription service, all of them are exclusive to being Apple shows. So if you like exclusive shows, watch it. Because um, stuff like Netflix and Prime and stuff like that, they have some repeat shows so you can watch it on whatever platform you want. But Apple is only on Apple. Um, and yeah, 99% of them are a great watch. Um, and if you don't think so, then you know what? You're wrong. So go watch them. Uh, if you like this episode, leave a like, 
leave a comment. Uh, thank you for everyone who watched this full, really long, probably our longest episode. It's definitely our longest mm -hmm. episode. Can I just say, if you have watched any of these shows, can you please comment? Because I feel like we're all alone in this Apple TV world. Yeah. So I want to hear what other people have seen. Yeah, please comment. Let us know what you think, good or bad. We love to see comments on our videos and uh, it just brings more interaction. So really had a fun time with this episode. First time having my wife, Janae, on the show. <laughs> and uh, we will see you guys next time.